0: to Melnick in the afternoon on TSN 690. My name is Mitch Galloway with Joey Elias and Peter Vrionis. Our next guest was a referee for over 1,300 NHL games, 90 NHL playoff games as well. We welcome in Tim Peel. Good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, Mitch. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm great, how's the city of Montreal? Well, my favorite building ever to work in was was in montreal it it uh and i and you know what quick story we had P- I know this is your show, so i'm I'm not going to take a long, <laughs> I love like the stories. I love had, the stories.
0: it's all good i had P- i had t k
1: Suvan on my show the other day, and we were reminiscing about the two thousand and fourteen series against Washington. And I worked game four and six of that series and one of I think it was game four or six is when Yaroslav Halak stopped 53 shots that night.
0: Oh my goodness what memories yeah, that was, was a, a, that was a it crazy was a, series That was
1: a great series. It was a great series and uh, there was nothing better as a referee than to come out of that tunnel. In Montreal and see the towels waving—it gives me chills right now. I love it.
0: And you can imagine, uh, Tim, in this market, we're starved for more playoff hockey. It's been a little, a little bit now.
1: Yeah, we need Montreal back in the playoffs. The league is just—it's like the New York Rangers. We need the Rangers in. We need, we need the Montreal Canadiens in. There's certain teams that we just need in the playoffs and. I've got a lot of uh a lot of faith in, in the management there in Montreal. Hopefully they can they can turn it around sooner rather than later.
0: Did you uh get along with uh PK as much uh when you were an official as you did on your show or what?
1: I did. I did. I got along with PK very very much, uh very well. He uh you know, you know him. He uh he was colorful, he was emotional, he there were times that he would push, you know, push it, and but I—he I, was the type of guy. He was always very respectful, and uh, and I had a lot of—I had a tremendous amount of respect for him, and uh, and thoroughly and uh, thoroughly enjoyed officiating him his entire career.
0: No, the, the the Montreal Canadiens player that has to be the most yappy at the officials is Gallagher, right?
1: No, you know what? See, I liked Brendan, and and. Brendan doesn't really yap at the officials you know it's more he's more in the play in the, his opposition uh, in their face I, I and I had a, I, I I remember several times I'd come up to you know I called him Galley. I'd come up and I'm like Gally I love how you play man like you know you think about it he's he's 5'9 he's a buck 75 whatever he weighs and and he's a warrior out there and and doesn't back down and I just I had a tremendous amount of respect for a guy like that that can do that night in night out and and he's had a long career be doing that you know can't be easy on his body.
0: So then who was it that you would have come closest to teeing up? Well, it was funny because one of
1: those playoff games, I think it was game six in Montreal, it was when the NHL came down on a crack came down on the crackdown on on embellishments. Back then they called it diving. And uh, it's it's a funny story because Montreal won that game, but Dan O'Rourke and I were the officials, and we gave three diving penalties to Montreal in one playoff game. One of them was against Brian Gianta, but the other two was a guy that uh, tended to embellish a lot, and that was Max Lapierre, and he had two in one game.
0: I remember that. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it was called for with him. Brian Gionta. That surprised me a little bit. I don't remember that per se. I guess it would would have been Jacques Martin. That would have been the coach of the Canadians at that time, right? And he was not really that yeah. vocal behind the bench with the with the officials.
1: And and last I think the year after the very soon after that, he got traded to St. Louis, which is where I live. And uh, I was doing a preseason game game, and he came up to me and. And, uh, oh, no, it was before the All-Star break. And he said, hey, I want to have a meeting with you in the league, you know, to talk about all these penalties you're giving me. And I'm like, I said, yeah, Max, we can do it. I said, but I'm going to be in the Bahamas during the All-Star break. (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's the way to go. Yeah, I'm going actually to uh, Dominican Republic in two days. So uh, I I, I can relate Um, to wanting to get away. Trust me. Um, you know, I want to get into uh, some other topics with uh, with uh, the NHL right now and your time officiating. Uh, but before we get into all that stuff, I want to know for you right now, life after the game, what it's been like. Because I really appreciate your honesty and how blunt you are on Twitter. You're a great follow and I'm enjoying it very much. I, I, I just want to know in general, how much do you like being able to let loose now that you don't wear the orange stripe on your arm and, and what things are like post-career?
1: yeah it's it's great you know i uh but my i had kids later in life so bronson my son is is he'll be 12 in july my daughter just turned 10 last week and so when bronson started playing hockey you know at four or five that was six uh, that was six uh, or seven eight years ago you know i missed out on all of that and my wife took him to every game and tournaments and practice and so the last two years, being able to be home and being, you know, I'm his coach of his team here, and being able to take my daughter to her events, and mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I I love. I, I live in St. Louis and have lived here for 23 years, and miss miss the Maritimes. I grew up in New Brunswick, but uh, but this is my home now. But no, I enjoy it. You know, it, the game has changed a lot, as you know. And uh, I was doing a function the other night with some Blues alumni, and it was Kelly, it was uh, Tony Twist, uh, Reed Lowe, Cam Jansen, um, and Gary Younger. And we were just talking about, you know, hockey back in, in the day. And I really think hockey in the 90s and the early 2000s was the best era of hockey. It, it, it had a combination of skill, but a big physical presence and i feel like we're getting away from that physicality in our game and i and that concerns me because our game is almost turning into a skills competition every night there's very little physical contact we see it more in the playoffs but during the regular season you know i there's just it's not a lot of physicality and i think that that's a very important component of our game is the physical nature of the game um but no i'm enjoying it it's uh it's great i i try to uh watch as much hockey as i can and, and uh you know i've got a podcast that i do with jeremy roenick and i so with jeremy roenick and and so we you know i'm i'm have, I'm, I'm certainly invested in the league and watching it and the game's in a great spot i just i'd like to see us get a little bit of a physicality back in our game
0: well shout out to uh the podcast where can people find that it's,
1: uh, called, it's on nofilter.net. It's called Snipes and Stripes because Jeremy Roenick sniped a lot of goals and, and I wore the stripes. You can get it on Amazon, Apple, Spotify, all the, all the regular ones. But Snipes and Stripes, we do, we film it, uh, we're actually live every Wednesday night, tonight at, uh, 7 p.m. Central Time or, uh, Eastern Time. So.
0: And Jeremy Roenick, another one of those media personalities that I really enjoy following, and and much for the same reasons as yourself, he just says it like it is. Uh, Tim, uh, looking back now at the uh, hot mic incident, you know, four or five years after it it goes down, how how do you see it now?
1: You uh, would <laughs> think I would be over it, but it still it still hurts, um, and the only reason it hurts is is I was retiring in four weeks, and for whatever reason, the words, you know, I want to get a penalty against Nashville came out wrong. We called two penalties against Nashville the entire game. It was a nothing game. There was nothing going on. Nashville won the game. They beat Detroit, I think, 2-3 or three or 4, four or one, I think, was the final score. And uh, But the only thing that hurts was that um, I was supposed to do my last game actually you get to pick your last four or five games. And I mentioned at the top of the show about Montreal being my, uh, my favorite building to work in. So I was going to work in Montreal. I was going to work in New York, Philly, and then work kind of work down and do my final game here in St. Louis in front of my friends and family. And for my kids not to be able to come to the game, um, uh, see their dad work their final game and also you know, when referees retire, you'll you'll quite often see um, both teams come over and you know hug and shake the guy's hand and and uh, you know I became friends with a lot of these guys that, that I refereed, You know, whether it be through charity charity events or in the summertime at different outings or whatever. And and uh, the the what was nice so much was that the. The outpouring from current players and ex-players during that incident um, made me feel it, it made me feel a lot better. There was a there was a, I've got a, a quick story. There was a player, David Clarkson. He played for Jersey and Toronto and Columbus, and he hated me. I or he hated refs, and and uh, every night I had him, it was just it was a battle because I knew he just he didn't like me, and all of a sudden. That morning, March 25th, two years ago, I'm flying home, or I fly home, and I land, and I'm driving back to my house here in St. Louis, and the phone rings, and it's a number I don't recognize, and I answer the phone, and it's David Clarkson. And I'm like, uh-oh, he's going to he's gonna tell me I'm he's happy it happened to me. And it was the complete opposite. He's like, Timmy, I hope you don't mind. I got your your number from Marty Berger. And I just wanted to call and let you know that I think it's terrible. What's what the league did to you. And, and he says, I know you probably didn't think that I liked you. He says, or referees, but he said, whenever I'd see your name up on the board in in our dressing room, I always knew we had one of the best refs in the league, but I knew we had one of the, the fairest refs in the league. And, and so it meant a lot getting phone calls from people like that. So, it still hurts, you know, it's, uh, but life goes on and, and as you can tell uh, through social media and everything with my kids, life is good, but you know what, uh, you, can't re- you can't write your own story and, uh, and sometimes it, it doesn't go the way that it's planned and you just move on.
0: Yeah, and you know, I completely uh, understand where you're coming from. From a league standpoint, I, I know the optics aren't great, but really, Tim, that could have been any. Official. I've been around enough referees to know what the verbiage is like down at ice level. And it could have been any referee that that happened to. And I'm sure a lot of the players also felt for you and reached out for you because if some of the hot mics picked up some of the things that they said they wouldn't be too uh, impressed either. They'd be kind of embarrassed as well.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. What I said compared to what's been said on the ice, for you know, hockey is a different culture. And people are like, oh, I can't believe things. Get... Listen, it's an intense sport. It's an, an emotional sport between the players, sometimes between the players and the officials. And what I said was was on the grand scheme of things, really not much, but you know with the gambling with the NHL that was 2 years ago they had just brought on some gambling partners and I think it was to show them that you know our referees don't influence the game and our referees don't but what we do do is and any good ref does is you know you there's a there's a certain you don't survive like I you know I was in the league for 23 years you don't survive for that long if you don't know how to manage the game and I'm not when I say manage it's not about determining who's going to win or lose or anything like that, but there's sometimes you need to call a penalty to bring down the emotion of the game. And, and uh, you know, there's been seven penalties against one team. Well, guess what? You better find one against the other team to keep their emotions down, to keep their coach out and their captain and players. So it's an art to officiating. It isn't black and white. And Anybody that thinks that it is black and white, they, they really haven't played the sport at a high enough level to understand that.
0: I'm going to ask my uh, next question in a very direct way. And I grew up watching hockey. The referees were characters. We knew who they were. You know, we knew Bill McCreer. We knew Kerry Frazier. We knew Dan O'Rourke, who you just said you worked with, and Dan O'Halloran and and, and and Dvorsky, all these guys yourself. We knew them back in the 90s. Now they seem to uh, go under the radar a little bit. They're not personalities. We don't know them like we once did. But I also feel as though NHL officiating – is at an all-time low, like the quality of the officials. And I'd love to know why. Is it the fact that there's too many young guys all at once here and they're learning as they go? Is there something else to it? Is the game too fast? Why does it feel like we have so many botched calls every night?
1: Well, that's a great question. I think it's uh, there's not a simple answer for that because I think there's a, a lot of contributing factors. And certainly the one that you mentioned as far as there's so many new young officials now that that contributes to it. And what the league did, Stephen Walken, the director of officiating a few years ago, he decided to kind of go a different route. And that was hiring, hiring next uh, players and turning them into referees. And, and when I was coming up with O'Halloran and Koharski and Dvorsky and all these guys, we were disgruntled hockey players and started officiating at a, at a young age to make extra money and, and worked our way through the junior ranks and the old international hockey league and and the East coast league and college hockey. And we, you know, we had worked a, a number of years at our craft before we even got a shot at the NHL, but the guys they're hiring now, some of them go directly to the NHL. Others spend a year, maybe two in the American hockey league. And I just don't think that they have the experience to deal with, um, different situations that happen every night, and and uh, and a part of it is too is is Mitch honestly is social media, and you know I asked a, I asked a guy that works for Valley Sports here in St. Louis. I said, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, how many? how many cameras would you have at a game? He goes, "Eh, four, maybe five. He goes, I go, how many do you have now? He goes, 10 to 15 cameras, you know, so it's changed. It's changed. There's so many cameras available now, or, you know, that cover our game. Social media, I think is the downfall. First of all, the downfall of our society to the things that are said on social media is disgusting but if if an official misses a call now, its out on social media two seconds later, well fifteen years ago, they't miss you know Carrie fraser paul uh, uh Bill McCreary Koharski, all those great referees they miss stuff every night as well. It just wasn't um it wasn't exposed the, the the way that it is in, in the world that we live in now. And, but there is some, there's definitely, uh, you've got some validity to your comment. There's a lot of inexperienced official, officials. And uh, that's why they've implemented, you know, when I was refereeing, you couldn't review headshots. You couldn't review a double minor for high stick. You couldn't review goalie interference. There were a lot of things you couldn't review. And now they've instituted those to kind of insulate the referees, really.
0: We're chatting with a former NHL referee Tim Peel here on Melnick in the Afternoon. I'm Mitch Gall with Peter Vrionis. Uh, Peter has a question for you, Tim. Yeah, Tim, I want to ask you uh, about that uh, abuse that you're talking about. And, and we see the numbers decline every year in in minor hockey, in minor baseball, soccer, any sport it is. We're seeing less and less referees Year in year out, and uh, do you think there's any way to combat that? I mean, you have parents waiting, uh, waiting for the refs after the game, uh, abusing them in the parking lot. Like, uh, how can we combat this uh, epidemic that's that's going around?
1: That's a great question. I the biggest problem is the parents in hockey right now. You know, my 12U team. I'm the assistant coach. They just fired the head coach of our 12U team. Yesterday and and we had to have a parent meeting and and there's some tr- there's some validity to him getting released and so on but a lot of it is the parents they think they think their kid is especially here in St Louis the worst thing to happen here locally in St Louis was five guys getting drafted in the first round a few years ago the Kachuk you know the Kachucks and Kellers and 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 the, the goaltender in Toronto Wool and so on there was Trent Frederick there was five first round picks out of St Louis which was unheard of. And so all of a sudden, all these parents here in St. Louis think that their kid can make it to the NHL. I think the parents are, you know, it's, they're the contributing factor behind it. And, you know, I, I deal with it every week here in St. Louis with with uh, talking to coaches that, uh, that I'm playing, you know, we're coaching against that night, talking to them before the game. And the consistent theme is the parents are just, Um, overbearing and my son should be playing this and he should be doing this and there's no accountability. And, you know, we had a, we had a parent meeting last night after we released the coach. And I said, I think you guys need to, you share in this, in this problem because I said, you know, I said to my son Saturday driving home, I said, it wasn't a good conversation. I said, you've been playing like crap for the last three weeks. I said, I don't think you guys are honest with your kids. And uh, so I don't know how we get around. The abuse, whether it's to the players, to the officials, um, everyone's got to. Everyone's got to take a deep breath and and relax. But I do not have the answer to that.
0: A couple of uh, quick ones for you before we let you go. And we're going to have to do this again because there's just too much to ask you about. Um, Tim, what is the uh, worst blown or missed call you can remember from your career?
1: Whew. <sighs> Well, it was actually my first playoff game ever. I was so nervous and I was in San Jose and um, Wayne Gretzky was coaching the Phoenix Coyotes at the time and there was a play in the corner um, and I'm trying to think of the player that fell on the puck and I should have blown the whistle and I didn't blow the whistle and, and the Coyote players all stopped playing and And the next thing you know, it ended up in the back of the Phoenix net. And I've got Gretzky mad at me and we're friends now to this day. But, but you know what? There was another one in, in, uh, uh, Ottawa, uh, in a playoff game too. I raised my arm and Tampa was playing there and I raised my arm for a penalty against Ottawa. And I realized that the guy just toe picked. So, I quickly pull my arm down, and I'm like, "Okay, nobody saw it. Nobody saw it." Well, of course, the camera <laughs> picked it up. It's on Hockey Night in Canada. Here's the referee putting his arm up and pulling it down. So, I'm sure there's some others. I, any anybody that works for a long time, you you you, uh, you try to minimize your mistakes, but you're gonna make you're gonna make a lot of them over the years. And that's what I wish fans would realize: is that these guys are human and. And sometimes, you know, they're they're just going to miss stuff. But I think the league's done a good job of of at least implementing some some challenges as far as being able to review
0: different things. And finally, uh, what are you most proud of reaching uh, the highest level?
1: Uh, probably. You know, it's easy to say working the Olympics in Russia, which was in 2014. I, I was a that was something that I was proud of, I, and and I. I had a good tournament over there and was selected to work the bronze medal game between the USA and and Finland. But I think really was was my consistency. I I never worked a Stanley Cup final, uh, but for 17, 18 years in a row, I worked the playoffs and 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 so I wasn't one of those guys because you know we have 34 refs and they would take 20 to the playoffs and the other 14. 15 guys would go home for the summer and I was just, I was always one of those guys that that the league could say okay we trust him we can put him in and you know I'd worked a few conference finals and so on and and I think just longevity and and consistency and trust me there's was, there's was a lot of mistakes and blown calls that I made but <laughs> I think I think Bill McCreary said to me once and and uh and it really resonated with me he says you never want to be liked in this business because it's going to be impossible to be liked he says you just want to be respected and uh and that's all you know i keep in touch with players to this day and kopitar you know i was he's he's got a, a ceremony tonight and i was messaging him and guys that i just have a lot of respect for that uh you know, I grew up in a trailer park in New Brunswick and was adopted and came from from nothing. And here I am working in Montreal or Madison Square Garden and things that I never thought would have happened. So that's what I'm most proud of.
0: Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. And I'll leave you with a text message we just got here at 11690. Amazing interview with Peeler. He is truly one of the best. Should have him on on a regular basis from Mike in Toronto.
1: That's great. That's great. That's awesome. No, I appreciate it, guys, and I appreciate you having me on anytime. Maybe we'll do it before the playoffs start.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Tim.
1: Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good day.
0: Former NHL referee Tim Peel here on Melnick in the afternoon on TSN 690. I'm Mitch Gallo with Peter Vrionis and Joey Elias. I don't go anywhere. Coming up next, we chat with TSN's Gord Miller, who was on site for last night's beatdown by the Ottawa Senators against the Montreal Canadiens.